0: Hi, welcome everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to a special bonus podcast as part of Cloudera's Data Cloud Summit. I'm FedScoop Editor-in-Chief Billy Mitchell, and in a moment I'll be turning it over to Christine Kearns of Cloudera for a conversation with Nancy Morgan, the Chief Data Officer for the Intelligence Community. In their conversation, Kearns and Morgan discuss the evolution of data within the IC, how the IC's cutting-edge technology contributes to its mission, success, what the community is doing to better foster data sharing, and much, much more. So now I'll turn it over to Christine Kearns to get us started.
1: Good morning. My name is Christine Kearns, and I'm the account executive with National Security Programs at Cloudera. Here today, we are with Nancy Morgan, who's the assistant DNI for domestic engagement, information sharing, and data. She's also dual-hatted as the intelligence community chief data officer. Good morning, Nancy, and could you please provide a little bit more information on your role? Sure,
0: thanks, Christine, and thanks for having me today. In my office, we're reimagining the IC's information and data landscape for the digital age and building and enabling a variety of external partnerships to mutually share information, ideas, innovation, and so on to inform decision-making at all levels to advance the IC mission and strengthen our national security. As part of our larger directorate, we continually assess the IC's posture relative to future threats and opportunities and ensure that our capabilities deliberately address our highest priority areas. And in my world, it's all about the data. Data abundance and ubiquitous technology worldwide present both challenges and opportunities for us here in the IC. So we focus on ensuring that information and data gets to the right people or the machines at the right time and in the right format.
1: Thank you. Uh, So we're going to go ahead and jump into some questions here. And the first one is, the IC is on the forefront in the government of modern IT, cloud computing, and using data at scale. How has this improved the community's ability to succeed in its mission?
0: Well, Christine, as I said, we really need to get that information to the right people at the right time and in the right form, but also to the right machines and the right analytics. And we need to be able to do that authoritatively in safe, secure, automated ways, and frankly, in legally and ethically compliant ways. Both the IC and the Defense Intelligence Enterprise have been actively engaged to move to cloud technologies for several years now. The move to cloud technologies and related concepts such as secure DevOps have transformed how we develop software tools and analytics and transformed how we store our data holdings. What we haven't spent as much time on is the detailed processes and capabilities to manage and exploit that data in new, more modern ways. As we award more cloud contracts, that landscape is becoming even more complex. Our intelligence integration opportunities and threats are more integrated than ever before. There is enormous value in combining the data and information we need in new and unforeseen ways to address this evolving intelligence landscape. So one of my key themes is figuring out how to ensure seamless data interoperability at the speed of mission in a multi-int world. There are some key technologies that enable that vision of how we operate effectively in a multi-cloud, multi-network landscape around the world. So we can provide the best informed intelligence to our senior policymakers, we need to be able to quickly search, retrieve, analyze, and combine information in new ways to provide those keen intelligence insights. We need to be able to rapidly pivot anywhere around the world as new opportunities or threats emerge. And we need to find ways to free the data as we move off legacy systems and make that data available to multiple tools and systems in a coherent way. We need to leverage information, insights, and innovation from external partners faster than ever before. And this means we need to minimize latency and maximize integration between heretofore incompatible systems. In our world, this evolution is about focusing on core data management throughout every phase of the intelligence lifecycle and doing so at scale. That's one of the things we as chief data officers are focused on. So how are we doing this? we're providing and deploying an initial set of robust data services for the entire IC that addresses some of the many steps in the data lifecycle that still involved many manual and human-enabled processes. The current processes to ingest and condition data are burdensome and complex, and the resulting data is not always tagged sufficiently to achieve that interoperability that we're so eager to have. But as we ensure our work with data services, large portions of these steps can be augmented by machines. And in time, the machines will collaborate with each other while at the same time better supporting our human activities. We'll bring to bear solutions such as attribute-based access control and digital policy management, which will have tremendous benefits. And if we tag the data, the people, and the machines properly, then it creates whole new opportunities where people can find data, data can find people, and even data can find data, and the machines to help us learn how to do it even better in the future. We'll ensure that no matter where you sit in the intelligence community, we can share data appropriately with our peers and expand two-way sharing with external partners. And this will ensure that we can share it safely using common services, and this is an area where automation and artificial intelligence can really help us out.
1: Thank you. So on a related question, As chief data officer, how are you thinking about fostering data sharing across the IC? What does data sharing do for intelligence agencies?
0: So data sharing is certainly a priority for me wearing my hat as the chief data officer. And it turns out I actually wear a third hat in the IC. I'm also the IC information sharing and safeguarding executive. So information sharing is on the forefront of my activities every day. It's really key to meeting our core intelligence mission. If we are going to master the data tsunami, we need to rethink everything we know about data and data management. For the IC, as I said, leveraging this multi-int data is critical to addressing our interconnected intelligence challenges, threats, and opportunities. And we have to find ways to accelerate information sharing at multiple classification levels across the IC and with external partners who help us address those threats and capitalize on their innovation and expertise. So it's not just about doing this well at one classification level, it's about doing it at all those classification levels. So how do we do this? We're clearly defining activities in each phase of the data life cycle to make data available for other mission purposes. We're finding new ways to perform data integration and in turn intelligence integration. We're finding new ways to discover useful data and do it at speed and finding ways to mature our analytic capabilities. To make the data we collect more useful, we must rely less on our historic approach of bilateral sharing agreements that tend to constrain that sharing between, say, two organizations along organizational boundaries. And more about leveraging data services as the means to implement and enforce consistent data handling and usage requirements for all authorized personnel across multiple mission areas. Data services are critical to ensuring access to data for appropriate use wherever it's located. But it's more than that. So as part of this, these data services must reside on a common platform. We call that the IC Information Technology Enterprise, or iSight, which I think you and some of our partners have heard about and have been actively engaged in. As CDOs, we are cl- working closely with our CIO counterparts to develop these common services on this common platform. And this approach is key on our path to realize that vision of getting that information where it needs to go. It requires sustained investment and attention, and it requires us to build and deploy these services to accelerate the ability of both officers and project teams to get to the data they need, and also help us take advantage of build once, reuse many capabilities. In a related track, we're equally focused on our workforce. And how do we grow our data acumen and develop a more data savvy IC workforce so that we are good stewards of that information? Whether it's software architects, engineers, data stewards, data scientists, they all need to perform tasks which right now in some cases are pretty labor intensive. So we're finding ways to use technology to perform more of these tasks and to optimize how we perform those tasks. Without this relatively modest data services investment and the parallel investment in our workforce, we will fail to fully realize the return on our enormous investments in collecting intelligence around the world. And worse yet, we would not be prepared for the next big technological breakthroughs, and we will be unable to keep pace with the growing threats facing our nation if we don't focus our attention on these areas.
1: Thank you so much. You certainly have a lot um, you're dealing with in your multiple roles, so I appreciate that answer. And on the topic of security and dealing with security threats, what are the security concerns in this emerging environment where data is shared among agencies in a cloud environment? And how is the IC accounting for these concerns?
0: Sure, Christine. Actually, the power of cloud computing enhances our ability to organize and securely share data among the agencies. We've been working on the cloud migration for over five years through this larger iSight enterprise with a deliberate focus on unlocking the power of IC data. If we can leverage well-curated and tagged data along with strong identity and credential services, what we call tag the people, tag the data across the IC, then we can ensure that we get the information where it needs to go in a safe and secure way. The IC has invested heavily in cloud, data, and identity credential and access management services to ensure interoperability, extensibility, and security for our data, including our most sensitive data holdings. These related investments allow us to use the power of automation to do things like authenticate users, manage entitlements, and strengthen our audit posture. These are some of the behind the scenes plumbing things that make this all possible. And then our decision to expand our our service offerings through things like the commercial cloud enterprise, the follow on to C2S, to expand our range of cloud partners, demonstrate the IC's commitment to maximizing the value of cloud and the power of IC data. However, this move to multiple cloud providers does provide some challenges. We need to ensure that services built to work in one cloud environment will work with data in the other clouds. We need to ensure that data can move seamlessly between the clouds, and frankly, non-cloud hosting environments as well, and address the legal and ethics considerations, including how we build in compliance with both US and international laws and regulations which could continue to rapidly evolve for the digital age. We need project teams and government and private sector partners to think differently about the future. Together, we have to focus on building in seamless integration. We have to identify what are just enough standards and metadata elements needed across topics, domains, and sectors to make that happen, and working to get those implemented on both new and legacy platforms. We need to define robust data management infrastructure and services with the ability to rapidly evolve as our mission priorities change. And we need to, frankly, architect for change so that individual parts of a larger integrated solution can be modified or updated without breaking the other parts in a much more services-oriented and modular way than we typically did in our legacy systems. It's really all about moving to a data-centric rather than a system-centric view and growing our data acumen at every level of the organization to make this vision a reality.
1: Great, appreciate it, Nancy. Um, so on the topic of ethics, the ODNI recently came out with ethical guidance for development of AI. How does that play into um, what you've just described?
0: Of course, the emergence of artificial intelligence technologies creates a number of opportunities and challenges for the IC. We are using AI and machine learning to automate cumbersome tasks tasks and to deal with some of our data volume challenges, but it can introduce other challenges like ethical considerations as well. For us, increasing both information sharing and safeguarding is not an either or proposition, but all of it has to be done within the ethical and legal framework. In the IC, we're asking how we can build and maintain trust in all phases of the intelligence life cycle, all phases of the data life cycle, and frankly, all faces of the system development cycle. As we employ systems and processes that manage and protect our intelligence data, we must be thoughtful and maintain appropriate ethical standards to continuously earn the trust of the American people. This of course applies to what we do today and what we are planning to do tomorrow. Whenever a new groundbreaking technology is introduced, we must adapt our personal and professional habits. As we learn about the capabilities of a new technology, we enact regulations and policies to safeguard interactions between us and those new technologies. Now is the time to think about the direct and indirect impacts of how AI and machine learning analyze our data so that we can set out across the new landscape with confidence. The impacts including vo- avoiding biases in our analytics and data and preventing the use of unreliable or even poison data that could be the efforts of our adversaries. As tools and analytics continue to evolve and as machine learning expands, we will need to continually ask questions and conduct assessments to ensure that we are still operating within our legal and ethical frameworks. This is going to be a constant challenge moving forward. Every level of government from the IC, to the Department of Defense and our federal partners needs guiding principles to ensure we have a consistent approach while protecting privacy and civil liberties. As you mentioned, on 23 July of this of 2020, the DNI signed out the Principles of Artificial Intelligence Ethics for the Intelligence Community and the related Artificial Intelligence Ethics Framework for the IC. The principles are grouped in six primary areas, respecting the law and acting with integrity, how to be transparent and accountable, be objective and equitable, focus on human-centered development and use, ensure that we are secure and resilient and informed by science and technology. The IC civil liberties, privacy and transparency officer led this effort. The artifacts were developed with extensive engagement with a wide variety of stakeholders including private sector partners. These principles are available on intelligence.gov out of the public internet. Earlier in 2020, the Department of Defense Innovation Board released their own recommendations for ethical military uses of AI for the Secretary of Defense. And then in December 2020, the federal CDO Council and OMB released a new federal data ethics framework that we also contributed to during development. Together, these three sets of principles and frameworks will guide the IC's ethical development and use of AI. The principles ensure that powerful tools are tested, trusted, and accountable. And they also set the standards we will use to prevent bias and prevent bad data to avoid impacting our analysis.
1: Wonderful, Nancy, thank you. That sounds like a very comprehensive approach and appreciate those links that we can access to learn more about that ethical guidance. Um, So our final question that we have here today are, what are the next order challenges and opportunities on your mind when it comes to the intelligence community's data and keeping it secure?
0: Sure, so first, every CDO is losing sleep over this. The growth in the volume and variety of data available around the world will continue to be both an opportunity and a challenge. We are collecting and producing more intelligence than ever before, and frankly, worldwide, and COVID proving it even more, more data being produced around the world every day. One of the challenges in this space is the growth in publicly and commercially available information. So how do we optimize that information in the intelligence mission arena, and then fuse it with our other classified information holdings to make the best informed intelligence decisions. It's being made further challenging for people and machines by the growth in the internet of things, the expanded use of wireless technologies and ubiquitous technology presence. The increase in worldwide internet usage, I think I recently read a statistic that over 56% of people around the world are connected to the internet and the deployment of ubiquitous technologies The flip side of this, it presents a particular challenge for the idea I see because there's an increase in ubiquitous technical surveillance of our own officers as well. So these are the kinds of things that we're focusing on in this space. The internet of things means people and machines are creating more detailed patterns of life, whether they realize it directly or not. For anyone who bought a new car recently, your car might know no more about your patterns of life than your family members do. We are working to evolve our tradecraft as we both exploit and safeguard information as appropriate. And in the AI sphere, the ethical considerations will be an increasing area of focus for the data, the models, and the analytics. We need to safeguard privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties, and yet still meet our intelligence missions. We need to incorporate human judgment and accountability at appropriate stages to address the risks associated with these more modern technologies. As I said before, we need to identify, account for, and mitigate potential undesired bias to the greatest extent practicable without undermining the efficacy and utility of these tools. We need to ensure appropriate levels of testing to balance the risks with these new technologies and maintain accountability for iterations and versions and changes as we evolve tools and technologies. We need to clearly document and communicate the purpose limitations and design outcomes of our data and our models, and use explainable and understandable methods so that users, overseers and the public understand how and why the AI generated its outputs. That means we will need to have a more periodic and continuous review process to mitigate these issues we've talked about. Mitigating undesired bias and ensuring objectivity, well, that's frankly a defining characteristic of intelligence analysis in all that we do We just need to figure out how to do it differently in the digital age. And finally, addressing our stewardship and accountability across all dimensions. We are developing and using these newer technologies worldwide, but so are our adversaries. We need to address blended environments with both legacy and modern solutions. And the solutions we're working with run on a whole spectrum from large-scale, high-powered solutions to more local tools, and even all the way out to the tactical edge. We have to create a more seamless integrated experience throughout the intelligence lifecycle, or as my DOD colleagues like to say, from sensor to shooter, as we work with all of these technologies. We have to be able to rapidly bring back data from the edge and bring data out to the edge and feed data back and forth between our enterprise and localized solutions. And we need to continuously learn and understand what is working well and what needs to be adjusted. We need to continue the development of full data lifecycle management capabilities to manage that data well throughout its lifecycle. And working in partnership with our CIO and InfoSec colleagues, continue to focus on guaranteeing the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of our data across all security domains. Continue to work with our CIO partners to mature the identity credential and access management solutions to enable officers across the community to quickly discover and use disparate data sets to answer key intelligence questions for both our government decision makers and our war fighters. And continue to work with our civil liberties, privacy legal and policy experts to address the legal compliance and ethical frameworks. And finally, work with our cybersecurity experts on the defensive and offensive sides to help us think differently about how, how we design, develop and use information, data and technology to meet our diverse intelligence missions and keep our nation safe. And really we have to focus on managing our data holdings our own work processes and evolve our data trade craft in the digital age.
1: Great, Nancy, I understand. Um, yeah, that is a lot to, um, manage and i would just like to personally thank you nancy morgan for all of your various leadership roles that you are doing across the intelligence community it is um, phenomenal and i appreciate your time today as well thank you so much thank you christine and thank you to fedscoop for hosting us today